Welcome back to our unconventional homesteading season. We have covered some really interesting topics over the last few episodes, everything from homesteading in the golden years, homesteading as a single person. We've talked about how to grow apples in harsh climates, how to homestead in the desert. And today's topic is a little bit of a different angle because this season is all about homesteading in those different stages of life, different locations, all the unconventional places. And so I am thrilled to have today's guest who is homesteading uh, basically with a multi-generational twist. And I think this is a really awesome topic, one that has a lot of nuance and, and twists and turns and angles. And so welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> it's really nice to meet yeah. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's great to connect. Um, so I guess just kind of start us off with what does your multi-generational homestead look like? Uh, well, we live in Helena, Montana, and um, we have a uh, two-story house that um, my parents live downstairs, and they have a, it's a full home down there, um, and my dad finished it all. It was an unfinished basement when we bought it, and so we live upstairs, and they live downstairs, and we share a backyard, which is slowly turning into the garden yard. And then um, we also share the workout and the pasture and, and that kind of thing. <clears throat> awesome. And so is it in, so you, you have like property or is this kind of an in-town setup? Oh, we're on five acres. So a small. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, kind of a small holding. Yeah. yeah. You do a lot with, with that though. Um, you can. We were surprised. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just, you know, I said, I was saying it to someone the other day, I think when you have those smaller pieces, it forces you to be more creative and, and more efficient. Whereas like, I think almost sometimes we have, we have 60 plus, but it's almost like too much and I get sloppy with it. So I almost, there's a point where you just, you learn to be more efficient with smaller and it's a good right. thing. So have you always had your parents living with you or how did that come into play? No, we hadn't. Um, we, so when my husband and I got married, we were living out on the east side of Seattle in a town called Sammamish. And it's very um, uh, urban-ish, suburbs, for sure. And um, so we just lived. It was just us and our kids. And then when we decided we needed to move back to Helena, my husband's originally from here and his dad lives here. Then um, we started talking about okay, what are we going to do? We need to think about this ahead of time. What are we going to do with the folks, you know? And yeah. how, because they're they're totally fine now, and especially, you know, 16 years ago when we were married, you know, they're, they were doing well, but we knew we needed a plan. And so um, we started talking about moving in and sharing a place. And we kind of had two options where we thought, okay, what we need to do is we either need a small amount of land and a big enough house where we can have separate dwellings, or we need to have a big enough amount of acres to where they could bring in a house and we could get a small house for ourselves. But And so we just kind of, we looked at both of those things. And then this is what ended up coming up and we love it. We really do love it. But um, what we started talking about was that um, 
in in my family, it's just myself and my older brother. And he lives in Texas right now. And he was in the military and he did a lot of work um, for humanitarian aid companies that would, um, he'd be traveling all over the world. So it was kind of one of those things where we started talking about, well, really the likelihood of if mom and dad get to a point where they need care, it's, it's going to be with me because I'm more, I've got roots down. Your folks are, are getting older, but are they still pretty active? Oh yeah. Yeah, they are. They um, are both 76. My dad will be 77 next month, but um, like, honestly, I kind of feel like they act maybe 55, 60 ish. They've always been super active. And, yeah. and they've, they're just, they're really healthy. My mom is an awesome gardener and she is always getting out there and doing stuff. My dad does construction around the property and everything. So they really are currently the most intervention that's needed is that one of my girls reminds my mom that there's some pills she has to take before dinner, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah. they're, they're really good right now. And I'm guessing the homestead activity helps them stay young or helps them feel younger. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It does. It, it absolutely does. And the, um, they noticed particularly, so they've been here with us three years now. And this last winter, they kind of noticed that being inside and being still and, you know, the hibernation of winter and stuff like that. I didn't agree with them as well as the last couple of years. You know, it was kind of yeah. harder to get going in the spring and stuff like that. So my mom was saying, I need to find winter activities. Because <laughs> yes, when it's sure. 30 below, it really doesn't matter if you have a greenhouse. It does not. We have, yeah, we have tried that and uh, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Even for for me, I remember when I was a young mom, because you, I'm sure you have winters just as long as we do. And it's like, you got to have something exciting or, or stimulating in the winters or you right. feel like you're going to claw the walls. Like it's horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to yeah. make new hobbies, whatever they are. I mean, just find yeah. something. Something. Because those nights are long and dark. Yes. Long and dark. I mean, when you're any age. <laughs> yes. So, that is true. Yeah. So you mentioned your mom helps you with the garden. Mm -hmm. What other roles do they play? Because I'm, I'm really thinking, you know, multi-generational homesteads is really a, a very traditional. Like I've heard it people is. say that I saw, it's modern of us that we have our kids go, you know, one place during their childhood and we send our older parents out to a different place. And then right. it's very fragmented and that's kind of a modern concept. So people used to live in these family units. Right. So right. how does that look as far as roles in a modern sense with you guys? Um, Okay. Yeah. That's, it's kind of interesting because I do get a lot and actually my husband gets it more than I do that he has to live with his mother-in-law, you yeah. know, and cause that's yeah. as soon as anybody hears that, that's the first thing. Oh, you got to live with your mother-in-law. I mean, yeah. How's that going? You know? Yeah. And, and so there's that perception that living together is hard and um and that it's radical yeah you know sure. and it's like this radical idea and it's really not that radical it's 
not even a hundred years. Right. For since. sure. Yeah. And it's not that, it's not that old. It's not that old, you know, yeah. it's not, or not that new, I guess. Or not that new. That's what I meant. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> right. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I didn't know either. <laughs> We're good. The years aren't that long. I don't know what I was saying. Anyway, you know what I meant. <laughs> I'm not a radical. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what we're trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so for us, it was um, just what's right, you know. And and so um, my uh, husband gets along really, really well with my parents, and they love him. And I mean, he even calls him mom, pa. You know, they're it's they're close. You know, and we actually kind of joke that, you know, I married him, but he's the favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but um, we just, um, we were, we were talking about it and we thought, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible where it says that honoring your parents stops. You know, and it's not a, um, I think it's open-ended on purpose in that because it's going to look different for anybody, every family that's going to look very different. And so for us, it was, you know, let's look at this. Like I was, I was saying before and I got distracted, but, um, it's just me and my brother and he's far. Mm -hmm. Well, my husband's Mm -hmm. the youngest of four. And so there's lots of siblings ahead of him that we still check in on his folks and everything, but there's lots of siblings ahead of him. Um, And so we realized that, you know, I think the focus needs to be on my folks as far as what we're planning on for the future. And so we brought that up with, with my parents and it took a while. It took a while because you do have those ideas of, um, is it going to be hard? Is it not going to be healthy relationships? You know, we've always had a really good relationship. And is this going to mess with that? You know, there's, there's so many things to think of. Um, we are, we're all Christians. And so there's that aspect of it that is so important to us. And so because we have that same groundwork of our faith, we have a place to go from. Mm -hmm. So we've all got really big personalities and that kind of thing and tempers or ideas about certain things. But we can, if somebody's snippy, we forgive. And then we just move on. It doesn't become an issue that then has to be hashed out. And it, we just are able to work together because if somebody's extra tired and they snip, oh, you forgive, you move on. And it's not, there's not a lot of battles, I think, because of that. Yeah. So, I mean, sure. when people say, like, how do you even do it? It's like, Jesus. <laughs> We just, you have to have Jesus. (laughs) Yes. So are are you guys doing, I know you said they have like a whole house downstairs. Are you kind of doing life together on a daily basis? Like do you eat together three meals a day? Do you do chores together? What does that look like? Oh, okay. We do, um, my mom and I split dinners 
And so uh, she takes it for three nights a week. And then I take it for uh, three nights a week. And then we have leftovers usually on another night, usually mm-hmm. Sunday when we're headed off to church a little earlier for something or things like that. We take care of our own. But um, we do our own breakfast and lunch. Uh, mainly, honestly, it's just because schedules are different. Sure. And um, they're so independent still that it's not like we have to check on them about yeah. meals, yeah. you know, at all. So right. we... Um, she and I split the meals and sh- we host, you know, so she's got a dining room table downstairs. And so when it's her turn to cook, they set the table and we go downstairs to eat. And when it's our t- my turn to cook, we eat upstairs at our table, you oh. know, so it's, it's like going to grandma's house for dinner, yep. kinda, you know? Yeah, and so, sure. um, and so we do that. And then she is seriously a master gardener. Like this woman mm-hmm. can sing plants out of the ground like Aslan. I'm not even kidding. It is amazing. And I am not at all that way. <laughs> I'm glad that my daughters are taking after her because when she needs help in the garden, I think it's going to skip a generation and mm-hmm. and my girls will be out there. But so they take care of the um, uh, garden. And the planting and building. The, they just built this greenhouse. It's so wonderful. It looks so great out there. And um, some raised beds. And so they take care of that. And I take care of the animals. Okay. So a in, nice division of labor. Like, I, I like that you have those roles that you kind of sink into. Right. So it is, um, it is a really good division. And then my dad, he's the construction guy. He built, um, so there's a loafing shed on our property when we moved in, that they had a pony, and he converted the whole thing into a chicken coop. Mm. And then um, he's done the greenhouses, and, or the greenhouse and the raised bed. And then he converted one of those, uh, you know, the cheap sheds that you can just buy at any big box store kind of thing. He converted that into this whole cow shed situation in one of our temporary spots and he built a garage and he's, you know, so he is kind of everywhere doing all that because my husband's still working full-time in town. So on weekends and things like that, or um, there's been a few times recently where he said, I think I'll wait for Russell to get home this weekend because I'm going to need a little more strength to 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 manage this particular project or carry these certain things. So, but he does that and my mom does the garden and then I do the animals and then we split split the meals and it it works really well for us. Yeah. You know. It sounds awesome. Like I mean it really like I just it sounds it sounds awesome. I mean I'm it sure really is. but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 uh it it's a lot less hard than I thought it was going to be if that makes sense. Like we were willing. Yeah. It wasn't like we were just willing to do it. Oh, because it's right. No, we love my folks and they love us and we knew it would be fine, yeah. but it is so good. So yeah, it's beyond just survival. You're thriving. Yeah. Oh thriving. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is so good. And it's wonderful for me as a mom to be able to send my girls out like, okay, nanny's potting all the tomatoes. We need to go out there and help. Or they got the flowers in. You need to plant them over here. Go talk to nanny about that. And so they're learning those skills and they're also, um, they're learning that they can learn things from other people other than me. 
And yes, that's, that's super that's really important. important, especially because we homeschool, yes. yeah, you know? And so, yeah, so we homeschool. Yeah. And so it has to be that they need to learn that they can learn from other people. And, yeah. um, and so, and both my mom and dad are really good teachers, really good teachers. And so the girls are learning a lot and that's, that helps just. Yes encouraging because then then when daddy comes home the girls can say oh well I was out there with nanny all day and we did this and this and this and did you know you have to mix this kind of soil with this kind of compost and this kind of things so they're learning all those things that are so important for um for their future for their own life skills and they're getting it by doing it that it just that thrills me yeah and I think I know as a homeschool mom myself, there's something about, like, I love teaching my kids and I'm sure you do too. Like we we teach them a lot. We're always with them, but like they thrive when they learn from someone else, whether it's family member or like, there's just something they're like, I, my kids get excited that they can come home and teach me what they learned. Like you were saying, like there's something different. It's a different dynamic and it's a healthy dynamic. Yeah. And I think that is healthy. I think that we can Mm -hmm. end up feeling like it has to be me. Like I've got to have all of this under control. And there's no, no, I think that we need to educate our children at home, but yeah. it doesn't have to be me all the time. But not, yeah, not every single thing, every subject under the sun forever. Yeah. Right. We can add some other things in there. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they have a piano teacher and they have a fiddle yeah. teacher. Why can't they have a gardening teacher or a construction yeah. teacher? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'd be yeah, so tired. In the family. Oh, I know. I know. Same. Same. <laughs> Like there, there have been times I'm like, I can teach you how to ride a horse, but I'd rather someone, I, I can, but I would rather not. I'd rather someone else right. teach you that. They can teach you. And when you come home, I can give you some tips if you're struggling, yes. but I need to not be the main totally. teacher on this thing. Totally. So, and it's. Verbatim those words. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I need to not be the main teacher here. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it, it works. It, it's really, really good. And I can't say that everybody would have that situation. I mean, there are so many families that have so many struggles. Um, and, and that's just something, honestly, I can't speak to you. We've just been blessed, you know? Um, and, uh, I've always had a good relationship with my parents. Even when I was a rebel, (laughs) I still had a good relationship with my parents. And, um, and so I can't, I can't speak to the situation of, our life has been hard always, and now mm-hmm. mom needs to move in. Sure. That's just, well, I guess I can speak to that. You need Jesus. <laughs> but other than that, I don't have any experience Yeah. with that kind of do a situation. Have, do you have thoughts if someone's listening to this, I mean, and they're feeling inspired, um, and they just kind of have more, maybe more of a typical situation, maybe without a lot of that dynamic, it can get really tricky. What, what would right. be some advice you would have for someone looking at this or creating this kind of traditional multi-generational setup? Um, you know, I would start, I would start with saying that you, you've got to plan ahead. So, you know, we were talking about it five years or more. I mean, I think we were talking about eventually living with mom and dad before we even Helena was on our radar. So okay. it it was a it was a long process of 
preparing for that because you've got two completely independent lives. There was nothing wrong with their life that they had to move in with us. And there was nothing wrong with our life that we had to move in with them. So you've got to kind of figure out how to get the cogs and the wheels and, mm-hmm. and everything going so that it, um, it is a smooth transition. So I would say start talking about it now because sometimes it takes a while of talking around an issue before uh, people can really, even in their own mind, get to the bottom of maybe their hesitations. Um, For example, my dad, when he was young, they had an in-law move in and it was a very bad situation. It was not healthy. It was super toxic. um, And they, and he just did not want that situation for us. Now, being aware of that situation already is kind of going to prevent (laughs) that situation from happening because he's already very gracious. He's already very conscientious anyway. He's a different type of person than the in-law that he had experience with when he was growing up, but it was still a major concern for him. And when we got down to it, we realized that what needed to happen was my husband needed to tell my dad that this is what we want to do. This is what we think is right. We want you folks with us. We love you. We believe it's right as far as the Bible is concerned. And we want to take care of you. And we will take care of you as long as we can. But if it comes to a point where we can't give you the care you need to be well, we will take you to a home. And and so that, when when that discussion finally happened and my dad realized, okay, they're not doing this out of some sense of guilt or some kind of feeling right. like they've got to take us all the way to the end, regardless of how bad it might get, you know, and the care and the things and the stress on our life. Is it going to affect our marriage? Is it going to affect my kids? Is it going, you know, he had all these things going on in his head because he doesn't want to be the cause of that. And he, it was a valid concern. But when he realized, oh, okay, we're just going to be together as long as we can. And if that's to the end of his days, Great. If it's not, if something happens where he needs so much care, it really wouldn't be honoring him to keep him here. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. So, so that, we, and I feel like that took a lot of pressure off of both sides. Oh yeah. To just know we're doing this as long as it makes sense, and we're not going to lock anyone into a contract, and we're just going to no. ride it out and see what happens. No. And so, and, and yeah, and, and in, in my family, in the older generations, we had one set that went into a retirement home and, and worked that out and it all went smoothly. And we had another set who promised each other they'd never put each other in a home. And then it ended up really hard at the end, you know? And so if you have everything on the table and you're honest and upfront, then 
as long as you keep everything in the light, you're just, um, there aren't those struggles because you can get concerned about things and you worry about things, but nine times out of 10, when you bring them up, they're not half of what you thought. Yeah. You know, communication is key. Yeah. And so that's a big deal. And so once we got that settled, now it's actually a joke. Like, if you keep getting up on the roof, dad, I'm going to call the home, you know? And and then he laughs or actually, I always threaten to call my brother. (laughs) If you keep doing that, I'm going to call Derek (laughs) and you're going to be in trouble. And so (laughs) my mom just went through and she was laughing. She's like, she does that. (laughs) But, um, but... So now it's a joke because it's lighter, you know, it's, it's, it's been dealt with. It's not this overhanging shadow in our lives. No, we're just working our lives. And as things happen, we'll deal with them as they happen. Yeah. I like that. That just, that feels doable. It, like and that. it is. And yeah. I think that it keeps it from being overwhelming because for I imagine sure. there's going to be a point where it feels overwhelming for me. Yeah. And I just can imagine that that's, that's coming sure. at some point, but it's not yet. And so I don't need to borrow that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know. There's enough to think about for now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What thoughts would you have? Let's say someone's living in suburbia. They okay. already have maybe parents or a family member living with them and they want, they're kind of doing the reverse. They want to start the homestead. Okay. With, you know, as multi-generational already. How would you, do you have any thoughts or advice for that process? Um, you know, I would just say that if, if folks, if you're already living together and you've already got kind of your own dynamic working in your home, then I would just sit down and discuss it, you know? And, um, I think a lot of times, uh, we kind of look at it, um, Hmm. where the older generation might not want that Mm. because they think it's going to be too much work for you. Or if you were one of those kids who always wanted the puppy and then mom and dad always had to take care of it, you know, maybe they're thinking, I don't want want to take care of a bunch of chickens. (laughs) You know, so if you get everything, um, all the expectations laid out ahead of time, you know, um, then it um, solves a lot of that angst. So, I mean, like for us, obviously, I guess if you're in suburbia, you're probably not getting a cow. But um, when I I was really wanting to add a dairy cow onto our property, well, my mom, she grew up on a homestead literal homestead in mm-hmm. Eastern in North Central Washington that her grandparents homesteaded when they moved out from Nebraska in the early 1900s. And it was like 300 and something acres, 380 acres, some huge. And they had a lot of cows. So in her mind, she was remembering always being tied, always stuck on the farm. Grandpa couldn't go with them when they went on vacations because he had to milk the cows and there was, there was, so in her mind and her life experience, it was something totally different than what I'm thinking. And actually I went to your blog <laughs> and I said, mom, I said, mom, you need to read this. I can actually milk yeah. once a day. She was once like, a day milking. Yeah. what? I yeah. never, 
never even heard of that. And I said, I'm not kidding. It's awesome, mom. Look at this. And so as we started talking that through, she, I realized her concern was for me. Yeah. You know, she didn't feel like, oh, they were going to end up having to take care of the cow or whatever. But her concern was that I was going to get overworked. I was going to be stuck on the farm all the time. I wouldn't be able to go with the family when we visited. All those things that she remembered. Well, then we were able to work that out. And I have our dairy cow now. And I do once a day milking. And it's fabulous and great. And we still go places. And then that whole concern faded. So I would say that if, if, especially if you're in suburbia where you're looking at um, maybe a goat as your biggest animal kind of a thing, um, mm-hmm. chickens, that kind of stuff, you know, I think that as long as you're just talking about it, because you're probably not going to have 50 chickens if you're in suburbia, you know, you're going to have five. Yes. You know, you're going to have one for each member, two for each member of your family. You know, like the old victory garden thing, yeah. two hens per person in your family, you know, and that kind of thing. Well, that's not, um, in my mind, that's not that hard. That's not probably going to put anybody out. But, you know, they might be concerned it's going to stink. They might be concerned, yeah. like, everybody has to deal with their own preconceived notions of yeah of what what the farming is going to entail. Like, yes. And, and that's an interesting, I think when we're talking about the older generations, that comes up a lot. Yes. Even in people that aren't related to us, like our, our parents had our, their oh, own yeah. concerns when we started homesteading because they were like, you know, they have enough of that fa- the phantom memories of the farm from their grandparents or their childhood. Right. That mm-hmm. they were like, oh, no, that was are hard. hard work. Gardens are like tedious and monotonous. Yes. Goats are evil. Pigs, sm- pigs smell bad. Like, so you right. have to overcome it. It's weird. It's like, it I, is it totally unexpected. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, this is a different viewpoint and we're going to do it in a different way. Like you said, once a day milking, the old timers didn't really do that for, for different reasons. Right. But and she hadn't even heard of it. Process. Yeah. yeah. She hadn't even heard of it. She's like, what? That's even a thing? I said, it's totally a thing. Yeah. You know, and then she reads up on it and she does her research and that kind of thing. And that is the other thing that I just to brag on my own parents is they're they're always willing to learn something. That's awesome. They're even at 77 years old, they're always willing to learn something. And so if something's new, like once a day milking or um wow, we need to have absolutely everything in a raised bed or a greenhouse. So my mom, who was in the valley in north central Washington in this beautiful little pocket, like you couldn't have picked a better homestead. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were over on the Pacific coast. So she's never been in the high and dry and she's having to learn everything all over again. So she's doing all kinds of research and all these different things and she's, she's learning. And so when she's learning then my girls see someone who is obviously an expert saying, I got to pivot here. Mm. I need to learn everything new. Nanny, what are these, you know, Amazon box comes, you know, yeah. Amazon books. And they're like, what would you get? Did you get cookbooks, Nanny? And she said, 
no, these are gardening books. Don't you already know how? Well, in some places I know how, but I need to learn more. And so then they're seeing that even at the sunset years of your life, you're still learning new things. It, it all flows because I could tell them that till my face turns blue. You're always going to be learning. You're always sure. going to be, re- but they see it in my parents. And that's a, that's a treasure to me that they're learning that just by being in the soup. That's powerful. Yeah. That's really powerful. It's, it's good. I, I honestly, yeah. I recommend like, unless you've got some kind of like we were talking about before, like there's toxic, or abuse, or just mm-hmm. the things that are just so hard. I recommend it. Yeah. I, I just absolutely recommend it. If you've got a decent relationship, and I think we're closer now. Sure. We're closer now. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so my last question mm-hmm. is, I know you mentioned the root, threatening them when they get on the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But is there anything that you have had to have conversations about, like, maybe we should do this and you guys do this just for their safety, you know, as they age, you know, things like that. Is that come into the conversation yet or, or not yet? Uh, it's more in the background right now. Um, like, for example, so my dad was bringing up the garbage can from the road, which is a non-issue for him. He's got plenty of strength and dexterity and stamina to do so. And as he had his foot on a patch of ice, one of our 80 mile an hour guests came out of nowhere and slammed into him, knocked the garbage can down, knocked him over on the ice, and he broke his ankle, his leg right above his ankle. That was this winter. So then he was stuck sitting which thankfully it was winter. Oh my word. I don't know what we would have <laughs> done if dad couldn't do his spring projects, but yeah. <laughs> it was bad enough that he had to sit still in the winter time. Yes. But there's that awareness of, mm, okay, now let's be careful. And so I'm kind of checking in on his foot you know, more when he's out there and he's got, you know, he's got special boots that he wears that are super secure and they're careful. So it's not one of those where um, you're concerned that your dad's on the roof because he's not a safe person. Um, My dad is safe, you know, so he, he doesn't, he doesn't take unnecessary risks and then get hurt. Mm -hmm. It's more um, gauging what is a risk now. If that, if that makes sense, like it is a complete non-issue for my dad to be on a ladder working on the greenhouse. Yes. Except now we have a couple extra people holding the panels on while he's up on the ladder and we need to measure this. Okay. I'm going to climb up there, dad. And you be on the other side. I'll climb up on the ladder and hold it. Um, because it's we're more in the stage of if you fall, it might be more of a problem than we think. Sure. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And I, honestly, I know as we were talking, I'm thinking I'm thinking of the people I know in that age group. And this isn't true across the board, but in my perception, I feel like there's more of a danger from folks in that age group not doing anything or like 
being overcautious to the point where they're like getting depressed. They yeah. have no purpose. They have no meaning. Mm-hmm. They're getting, they're losing their dexterity because they're not yeah. moving versus the opposite. Not that it doesn't exist in the opposite realm, but I feel like there's more of a danger on the overcautious. And I think I agree with that. I agree with that. We call it the, um, the rest out versus wear out principle. Yes. Yeah. My parents yeah, are definitely like of good. the wear out type. Yes. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah. the wear out. So it's, it's, um, it's hard. And, um, I think it's harder for me to hear myself saying it than it is for them to hear me saying it, you know, um, where, I don't know the last, I think it's probably just been the last year. There's been more that I've had to engage in like, um, uh, with the sun and my mom getting sunburned. She's really, really, well, we're obviously very pale. (laughs) And she has the same coloring as I do. And so we get out in the sun for three minutes and we're fire engine red and freckles everywhere. And, and so, you know, I'm kind of always peeking. Should you get your hat on? Oh, probably, you know, and she goes and gets it. Or um, I kind of keep an eye out to see if my dad's going to be elevated somewhere. Um, and again, he's not up on roofs. He hasn't been up on roofs for a while, but, um, just, uh, just little things that, um, are now needing to be on my radar. Absolutely. And, and so it's, it's something, and there's been times where I've, I've said stuff to him, you know, I've said, okay, I really, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being sassy. Um, and I'm super not trying to be the boss of you because you're fully capable of being the bosses of your own selves right now, you know, but I'm concerned about this thing. And I'm, I'm wondering if that is the safest, safest option for you, you know? And, um, sometimes my mom has said, you know what? You're right. And sometimes my mom has said, Oh, I see what you're saying there, but we're actually planning on doing it this way because we feel like this is safer. Sure. So good communication. Yeah. Again, it's just, that's what you've got to do. You've got to talk about that. And so, um, a a lot of it is, um, one of the other things is my girls check in on them and it's a lot different maybe coming from the younger ones. Nanny, I'm going to get your hat is a lot different than me going, mom, you need to get your hat, you know? And so we all are working with each other to help each other out. And there's times where my mom will do things and she'll look at what I've got going on and my kitchen, and (laughs) she'll say, I'll make the girls lunch, you know? And so she'll take that on to kind of help me bear my load, which is a lot more active but still a load. And then I help her bear her load. And we just sort of move along. I love that. Yeah. Well, just sounds, just sounds awesome. All of it. It (laughs) is. We love Um, it really. Yeah. Yeah. Any last bits of advice for someone considering this multi-generational approach? Um, You know, I would say that if if you're thinking about it already, 
then you should be planning it sooner than you think. Um, one, and I actually had this advice from a good friend of mine over in Washington and Janelle's had one of their parents move in all of a sudden because of a medical situation. And then they had an later, they had another parent move in with them over long-term just because they were aging. And when we were talking about it back in Washington, and I was asking her for advice, and she said, if you know that they're going to be moving in with you, get them moving in with you ASAP. And the reason is, is because right now, my mom and I are sharing dinners and she's picking up a lunch here or there if I'm overwhelmed about something and my dad's building stuff and they're, you know, and everybody's moving and working and doing and we're all fine. But it's going to get less fine over time. Yeah. And if they're already here when it's fine, well, right now, like I said, one of my daughters runs downstairs and says, dinner's almost ready. Did you take your dinner pills? And my mom says, I took them. Or, oops, I forgot. I'll take them right now. And that's fine. Well, then there's going to come a time where we're probably going to need to have the medicine with us. And my girls will actually be bringing her medicine down. Did you remember to take your heart medicine today? Here's your heart medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it's going to get progressively more involved. And then maybe someone has a stroke or a heart attack or maybe the break that my dad had, which was minimal and healed up quickly. Maybe it's something that doesn't heal because they're so much older. Well, then we've already got that time invested in them where they already know that we honor them and we respect them and they're not putting us out. They've they've already been here. This is, it's not going to put me out any more than if I broke my leg and my husband was helping take care or one of my kids or whatever, you know, we're all here together already. But like she said, when the parent moved in that I believe they had had a stroke or something, but they were in, in a bed and everything was hard right then. Homeschooling got hard. Farming got hard. Her husband's work got hard because he was away and knowing everything that was so stressful at home. And Janelle, she quit her job that she was working outside the home. And, and, but it ha- all had to happen right now. Boom, 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 boom. And that level of stress is so high. And it felt really bad for the older relative because they knew. Sure. They knew that they were the reason why, okay, now you don't get to work. Okay, now things are going to be tight because you don't have the income. Now this is this. Now this is stressful. Oh, the kid's schedule's thrown off. Oh, they can't get to this. They, And that's so hard. So I, and, and I'm, I'm, I can see it coming down the line and I know that she was right. She was absolutely yeah. right. And I'm so glad that we did it this way. So if someone says, like, you've got it arranged between you and your siblings, okay, definitely mom and dad are going to be living with you, and this is what we're doing, find a place if you have to get a different place because you're going – because how awful would that be 
if you have a house and it doesn't work for an older person, now you have to add a move in on that. Oh, no, 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 no. Move now. Move now. Get your roots settled. Get everything sorted out. And that way, when they need more, you're already there. And yeah. so that's, I, I guess that would be my advice if, if I could have any, that get it sorted out, figure out your hesitations on either side, make sure you and your spouse are on the same page um, because it can't just be you wanting your mom to live with you. You know, right. it's, it's gotta be, no, this is all of us all in. <laughs> And Jesus. Yeah, that would be a family. <laughs> yes, family agreement for sure. Otherwise, that would be explosive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I've, yeah. I've heard of that, you know, where people just aren't talking to each other and they don't, or they think it's fine and it's actually not fine. Yeah. yeah. And that's not fun and warm and fuzzy like we've been discussing. No. No, that is <laughs> not delightful. And your kids are not going to yeah, get that solid, yeah. multi-generational upbringing that I think honestly is missing in a lot of um, kids experiences. They don't, um, I mean, we're the parents and my folks respect that. Um, But there have been times where my mom will say something to the girls, like uh, you shouldn't say this or that wasn't very respectful or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so the girls at the beginning be like, can she say that to us? Oh, yes, yeah. she can. <laughs> yes, she can. Yep. And yep. you answer, yes, ma'am. And so they they learn that there is way more than just their little tiny world going on. Yeah. And the older generation, they have so much more experience than I do. And then I have so much more than my kids. And my kids are getting the benefit of all of that. All the good layers there. Yeah. I think so. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you, Sarah. This was yeah. so good. And I don't think I've ever even halfway broached this topic on any other episode. So this oh. is a really fun angle. Um, I think people are going to be interested in it. Neat. Uh, and now we're going to do something a little different. For those of you listening and watching, we're going to hit pause on the recording. And then we're going to record it next week's episode on a completely different topic. Because Sarah has a lot of experience in high altitude homesteading. Um, and honestly, selfishly, I just want to talk to someone else and commiserate who doesn't live in like the Mecca of homesteading. <laughs> right? Like, this is not Ohio. Crazy, brutal place. Yeah, this is not Ohio. This is not Ohio. Like I need some solidarity. So it's selfish. Honestly, yes. I just want to talk to her about it. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to hop off here. But for those of you listening, come back next week and you'll hear the rest of our conversation. It's going to be good. Great.